Good morning, good afternoon, depending on wherever you at the time this recording. This is episode 113 of the Restricted Zone Podcast, and I'm with a great group today. Lodge, introduce yourself to the people out here, man. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's been a while. Yes, First yes, time you seeing me. What's up? How y'all doing? Restricted Zone Pod, we here. Just have a good Let's day. Go! Let's get it. Kyrie, what's good, man? Introduce yourself to the people, man. What's going on, fellas? You already know what it is, man. I'm just ready to get straight to it. We got we got a good episode for y'all. We talking about the NBA draft. I'm ready to get to it, man. Let's go. Yes, sir. We're talking about the future of the league. The NBA draft is about what two weeks away, I believe. Uh, twenty second, two weeks. Seventeen days. Seventeen days. Literally, right around the corner. While the NBA finals is going on, we gave our own predictions on that. That was on episode 111. Check that out. But in this episode, we're talking about the future generation of basketball, and I'm going to let Kyrie go ahead and take over. Yeah, so like I said, fellas, like I said, guys, we're going to be talking about the NBA draft. The next wave of new talent is going to come into the league. And um, for the most part, we already know who's going number one. Which, in a lot of cases, we really – it's expected to come around draft time. A lot of times we have a good idea who's going number one, but – it hasn't been this sure and this locked in a while with Victor Wembanyama going to the Spurs, who got lucky on lottery night and ended up with the number one pick. Sure did. I don't even want to. I don't, yeah, even, I don't even want to harp too much on that because we talked about it a lot in our last Jeff episode. Um, I feel like we all agreed that Vic uh, going to be a very good fit there under popping in that Spurs system and with that other young talent that they got uh, bringing up there. Um, a question I do want to ask you though is one I had on my mind for a while considering Vic. So obviously he's getting talked uh, this year, especially uh, in comparison to LeBron, as being the best uh, uh, prospect ever, like the best uh, high, uh, the best prospect pre NBA ever. And um, it, it, it's crazy because it, it, you can't. It's hard. To, it's really hard to argue. I mean, he's seven four. He can handle the rock like KD. He can shoot perimeter jumpers. He's a defensive force to uh, blocking shots. One question I want to ask y'all is. Considering the drafts that we just covered as a podcast, a strictly zone podcast, the draft that we covered from 2020, um, where Anthony Edwards went first, then uh, next, uh, last, uh, I'm sorry, not last year, 2021, where Kay Cunningham went first, then uh, last year where Paulo McCarroll went first for the Magic. I just want to ask you guys, when Benyama aside, who do you guys think is the best overall prospect um, coming into the NBA that we've covered as a podcast in the past Oh, man, when did we start the 2020 NBA draft? That's yeah, the first time. Man, was I wrong about that draft? I think we were both kind of wrong. I think we was a little sleeping on that draft. Andy yeah. Edwards, man. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. On number two. That's crazy. Man. We had a lot of hot hopes for him. Yeah. Um, yeah, he turned out to be a bonfanite young superstar, honestly. He looks like the real leader of the Wolves, not Carl Andy Towns. Maybe Carl Andy Towns can get shipped out at some point. Within next mm-hmm. year, probably the year after, because Anthony Towns, he definitely—I mean, I said Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards is definitely running that Minnesota squad. Uh, I was wrong about that. I was really wrong about that draft. A lot of guys come out of that draft as you know. We look back at it. You got Anthony Edwards, you got Lamelo, even though he got a little bit of injuries coming on. You got Tyrese Halliburton. He's playing yep. like a star. Uh, it, it's a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people in that draft yeah, that we really slept on. We walked out with Obi Toppin, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> no, you guys should be fine. You guys should be fine with Obi Toppin, in all honesty. Yeah, you guys had Mayo Quickman at 25. Gotta love yep. that. Gotta love that. That was the same year, wasn't it? 
Yep, Tyree's Mack. Yo, that draft, we really slept on that draft. Maybe four or five years. This draft, we talking about that maybe like in the top ten and within the last ten years. But uh, I got to say, I, I got to say 2020 was probably the best draft just on the strength of a lot of guys who we just thought would have been, eh, they'll get in and do – they're really doing their thing right there on their respective uh, squads. I mean, you guys could testify, and specifically you guys draft picking and that draft in particular. Yeah, I mean, I, I was kind of getting at who who was the the best prospect, like as an individual, like what? Well, yeah, well, it's Anthony Edwards. I think he's. he's oh, Anthony Edwards was yeah by far, and yeah, it's really him. And then after that, you can really debate who you want to put at number two. I think I, I would still put I would still put Lamelo at two, and, uh, and probably Maxi at three. I put Maxi at three. Oh, I'm saying, I'm saying pre-NBA though, guys. Pre-NBA, I'm talking about coming out, like coming out of where they was coming out of before the NBA. Like, well, yeah, it would go, it would go Anthony Edwards and Lamelo. Yeah, no, it would go Anthony Edwards and Tyrese May. No, Tyrese Halliburton might. No, you said pre-NBA. Pre-NBA. I gotta throw Paolo Bencaro in there. I, I, I got. Oh, he what, might what, be. Paolo did at Duke. How much of a force he was, bro. But he was expected to do like that. So me personally, he he was he was given. That was really a given. And if he but had these prospects, these, these prospects are expected a lot out of, and, they, and, and these guys delivered. I mean, Kay Cunningham at Oklahoma, at Oklahoma State of all schools, he had a pretty good freshman season. So he, he delivered. Yeah, he did. You know what? And I'm not gonna disagree with you in that. But in terms of that, Paula was a given. I, I really don't think we, he was really a given at that point. I will say this. We're talking about the best prospects that we've covered, the best three prospects. It had to be Andy Edwards. If you want to throw Paolo in there, okay, you can throw Paolo in there. Me, personally, I'm going to have to say Tyrese Maxey because he's really been playing. You got, are we factoring the playoffs as well, too? Bro, he said pre-NBA before pre they got to the Yeah, so pre-NBA. Who, like, who coming out like of college or wherever they're coming from, overseas, G League Ignite, whatever. Who was the best prospect overall? Overall, it would probably be Ant, like, Paolo, and then Lamelo, because Lamelo came out the same year as Ant. Well, he technically wouldn't couldn't be number two because Paolo is the best prospect out of his job. Oh, so, yeah. not. I would have to say Paolo then. Paolo just flat out was going crazy. You think? You think Paolo? Yeah, Apollo two and then Lamelo three. Yeah, I would say Apollo one. Bro, he wasn't he wasn't bigger than Lamelo, bro. I'm sorry. Lamelo just had Lamelo had the highest. Jalen Green was talking about a lot of possibly going number one over Cade. We got to give him that because he was he's in that first wave. He was, he was, and he kind of been and he kind of been better than him so far. So. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He hasn't. 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 He the way I'm looking at it, I think I got, I think I got Apollo one and two, and uh, I think I gotta go Lamelo three. Lamelo been hurt too though, so first two seasons he was pretty, he was pretty durable. Oh, we gotta keep Lamelo in there. Be saying he's pretty durable, then. 
just share talent while the way you've been yeah. doing. I'm trying to figure out other young guys that were in this. That's why I'm saying. I'm missing like, somebody, man. We're missing like, somebody. Like, like, we, like Evan Mobley, like, oh. even though. That's another good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I got to look up that draft class one more time, man. Because yeah, it's, it's a couple of hidden gems that I'm definitely sleeping on. I'm definitely forgetting right now. And I just can't think of the top of my head right now. So I'm going to. These past couple of drafts kind of like. Like meshing away, like I like all these guys, like just feel like they came in the league at the same exact time for it. It's kind of hard to keep track. So, all right, so let me see. All right, so we're gonna say, so we're gonna say Paolo and and you guys are saying Lamelo. Oh man, who am I? Who am I missing? Who am I missing? You guys don't want to throw Tyrese Halliburton in there. You don't want to throw Tyrese Halliburton in there, and y'all don't want to throw. Halley was slept on a lot pre NBA though. He, 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 was. he slept on a lot. He got some hype though. He got some hype though. He was getting some love. I guess it was because the Kings. It was a college. It was a college. It was, it was that 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 that. Because he shot one or two years. Because he, he had a great college. Remember, he had a great year. He was. He that's was what on, I'm saying. He, that college year, you had that run going into that draft. That's when he finally got his buzz. Okay. Well, then if we're going to do that, then LaMelo just got the buzz because his brother was already in the league. And then well, he had a fact. No, not even. No, no. no. He was yeah. nice he was a dick. Yeah. He was a yeah. LaMelo was playing high school ball since, like, seventh, eighth grade. <laughs> Colleen's bugging. Was right. He was shooting up from the half court, pointing at the half court, saying he was going to shoot it. Uh, all right. And you know, was kind of played a light, but I feel like Melo, LaMelo. Probably the uh, best one. Outside outside of Jello, like him, between him and Lonzo, they played a light. But Melo's demeanor was a little different towards the game. Like he just yeah, had he something scored way better. He scored way better coming into the league. He scored way better. Like in, in terms of just the, he got diverse offensive set. Cause I think yeah, Milo kind of takes the cake for that. In terms of that, I was talking about compared to his brother. I was talking about compared to his brother. compared to his brother. Compared to his brother, Lonzo was never really like a big time scorer. The big part of his game was the playmaking ability. But Lamelo had that with the ability to shoot from outside already. Lonzo had to develop that that ability. That's fair. Lamelo had that already. That's fair. Like, did, did y'all hear he might not ever play again, bro? No, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I don't I believe feel it like either. That. But at the same time, it's, that's not. That's not. So we going on like two years, ain't we? Wait, wait, wait. Like the medical, the way technology is now, man. I don't believe his career is over. I really don't. Maybe he might just have to take a year off. To, but, yes, that's detrimental to him, though, in the end. But I feel like he's such he's in a position where the Bulls are, in like, in a win now. Because yeah, I remember before LeBlanco went down, the Bulls were the number one team in the East. You got, you got, you got to look at that season. The first half, when they was on that run before All-Star break, and then after when he went down, it was like a tail of two halves. You saw how important Lonzo was for that offense. So right, the Bulls right. really don't want to give up Lonzo, but at the same time they don't have the luxury to wait on Lonzo at the same time because man, Demar, how old is Demar Derozan, right? You know how long she's gonna keep playing like that? Zach Levine, I'm talking about you Zach know, Levine. yeah. So it's just unfortunate, but I still think Lonzo could play, but he 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 might have to be on a team that's not looking to win immediately, because right now the Bulls looking to win immediately, but. Lonzo's hurt. He might have just take that year off. I think a year off, we can re- rehabilitate his injury. It, it's just detrimental for him because, you know, the NBA is such a, you know, availability is your greatest ability. Absolutely. And before we get it off topic, that, that, that was definitely some good conversation, though, because I, I forgot to bring that up, honestly. 
happy. I'm glad the deadline. But um, considering Lamelo though, I, like I said, I gotta have him locked in at my three simply just because. And, and Paulo, was just, it was just something different coming out of college, bro. And That's true. I, and the only disadvantage might have been Lamelo was playing against like Lamelo was playing in the pros in Australia before he came over. And, and back in the day. So. I, I think that still aided his development a lot more. Like I said, I've always said this. I love NCAA, but if you ask me as an athlete what's better going against competition, I'd rather go overseas to G League rather than play in the NCAA. Right. The NCAA so. just gives you more exposure. That's just right. simply what it is. So. So before we, uh, before we move on, like just to get a, a recap, so Colin, who, since the Restricted Zone podcast has been covering the draft, would you say is the top prospect or your top? We kind of gave top three, so give me your top three. The top, top prospect, it's gotta be, it's gotta be Paolo, the man from Duke, Duke University. As much as I hate praising Duke, well, Coach K not there, so I don't know. Still, we yes. still wear the same blues as far as I'm concerned. Ah. <laughs> who, who the best to you, bro? Uh, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm gonna go in at one. I'm, I'm not arguing with it. I'm not, I'm not arguing with it. I mean, it's super close. I ain't even gonna gotta, hold you. I'm gonna go in. Rookie numbers or whatever, what they did when they first came in, or even their college numbers, but it, it's super close as far as like when they first came in. This is what I'm looking at. Like when they first came in, just showing immediately, like yo, they they belong here. Like when Paulo first game, dog, that they bang out, that poster, that in the first game. I was like, yo, he's a log here. Like, he's a I remember he, he kind of struggled when he got into the league a little, just a little bit. He struggled, but then he got sure. his feet wet around, like, you know, December and moving up. He got his feet mm-hmm. wet. Paolo from game one was, no, game, yeah, from literally game one. From yeah, the preseason. Paolo, Paolo struggled a lot in, in February, too, where he went the whole month without hitting, like, a three-pointer. Yeah. He, he, had, he had this, I mean, they rookies. They're they going to have their struggles. They're going to show weaknesses in certain areas. But, right. But, um, if, if he could have, if Paolo could have any type of bounce, uh, second season that Ant had, and like the, the progression that Ant has, it's gonna of course, be scary. And, and why was Ant definitely, Ant's definitely growing into a, a hell of a player, like def- defensively, like just the, the jump he's made. Um, I, w- I want to say as a playmaker, but he doesn't really have much to work with. That's what we got to understand. So, as far as that part of his game elevating, I'm not really worried about it. But he has that, he has that demeanor. He's clutch. He takes big shots. He's smart with the ball. I, I, I love him, Edwards. So I, I'm not mad at I'm not mad at Lashen. He he was the best prospect that we've covered as a as a podcast so far. I think Davis um, started focusing on his uh you know Davis is finally starting to figure out his game. Like you yeah. said, he started to figure out his game. That's probably why. Yeah, but I'm uh still trying to think pre NBA. I'm I'm gonna have to go Paulo too. Thank you, sir. Because, yes. Yeah, I'm gonna have to, and, and it's slightly it's, it's just slight. Like, it is like, it's just like, it's just very like, like, like I said, I can wake up tomorrow and want to put Ant there for me. Like, I'm just saying, it might just be recency bias too, because we've just seen Paolo play at Duke, and it's been a couple years since he played, we've seen Ant Edwards play at Georgia, but I I definitely have a lot of memories of Edwards play at Georgia. So, um, No, Apollo to me. Apollo was from when he reclassified a year early to join the class, you know, so that was always been, he's always been followed. Like, Kentucky yeah. fought really hard to get him, man, and we lost. Yeah. So, let's dive into the draft, like, like 
sure, like for real now. Um, like I said, we already know for the most part who's going number one. This number, number two and number three picks has been like the real like heated debates right now. And it's number two, uh, the Portland Trailblazers, and number three, the Charlotte Hornets. Two guys that's in the mix that's being tossed around, Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. Scoot Henderson, Brandon Miller. I know the last time we talked, guys, um, a lot of us was for, or we had the mindset that Scoot, or I, I still feel this way personally, but um, that Scoot's the better prospect. But um, at number two, wait, I got to mix up. I'm sorry. Charlotte has number two and Portland has number three. I'm sorry. Right. But yeah, we were saying that Brandon Miller possibly the better pro- uh, the better fit for uh, Charlotte. But um, I want to see how you guys feel now. We've had a, like a like a week and some change that kind of mull over. We seen some more draft news. We seen school work out for for Portland. Uh, what do you guys think? If Charlotte does have a number two, did he keep the pick and and go with school or go with Brandon? Do you think they trade the pick and maybe go down for like a Thompson brother? Like what do you th- what do you see them doing here? Because it, this ultimately right here decides the draft. Like I feel like. Whatever Charlotte does right here, like it, it kind of decides what Portland does, even though they're kind of throwing some smoke out there about wanting to trade the pick. Decides mm-hmm. what Houston and Detroit wants to do at four and five. I mean, this is a, it's a crucial pick right here. So um, I'm just looking to Lodge first. Lodge, tell me what you think Charlotte does with this number two pick right here. So for some odd reason, I highly doubt they draft Brandon Miller with Scoots in right there. Mm-hmm. But in that scenario, if she does go to Charlotte, I see Brandon Miller almost damn near falling out the top five. Whoa! Wait, are you saying that because of off the court issues? No, it's just no. It's just if you look at it, Brandon Miller isn't like a like a ooh wow prospect. He's just a he's a, he's a he has a good sized guy that has like. Danny Granger s scoring ability, but he is doesn't wow you on the other side of the ball. Is is he's oh he's he's I'm not gonna say he's not a good player. I feel like he's a decent prospect for to be a number two number three prospect. I don't see him as that. And honestly, I feel like if he were to go somewhere early, it would be Charlotte. But I, I really don't see Charlotte buying into him. And for them to go get the best prospect available would be Scoop. And to me, yeah, I feel like he will fall out because I have. Either Portland grabbing Scoot if he's available, or one of the Thompson brothers, which more than likely would be a mess. That's interesting. Tyler, tell me what you think, bro. Uh, how many guards Hornets have? Terry Rozier, Dennis Smith, Kelly Oubre, James Bognight. Yeah, I think Oubre is a free agent this season, but yeah. So I'm assuming two of those guys. Yeah. You gotta move two of those guys if you're gonna make room if you're drafting Scoot Henderson. Uh, man, school Henderson Lamelo. You know, I was crazy about it at first, and I said, "Huh, Lamelo and school. How do you guys honestly see that working out?" Man, I was talking to Elijah about it a little before the podcast, and um, I was it's, it's been on my mind heavy these past like this past week, and um, I like just I just been trying to put it together in my head, and it's I'm fully convinced it's something I have to see happen. To really under like to really like form an opinion on because I, I I really don't know like just how them in the backcourt could really work out. I wonder if you have Lamelo play off ball more. I mean I'm sure I'm pretty he sure he's gonna have to, and he can. I mean Lamelo's a, a good three point shooter, but is it 
is he going to be consistent enough spotting up? Because Lamelo, he gets a lot of his three pointers in rhythm and transition, um, and step backs and stuff like that. So is he going to be able to convert? Like, I'm not going to say fully, but saying maybe 15, 20% more of his threes are in spot up situations mm. or just one dribble pull up situations. He doesn't really get that extra time to create, you know, because you have a guy like Scoot who is not a he he's a decent outside shooter. I'll give him that. He's a decent outside shooter, but that's not something he tries to really. He it's not something he tries to really do. He likes to get downhill. He likes to attack the paint. He likes to take contact and, and get to the line and, and finish layup. You know? so it's again, it's something I'm gonna have to see happen right in front of me to kind of to, to form an opinion on. I, I I just feel I feel like one of those things. But as the like, if I'm the Hornets, like in this situation. I definitely, I've I changed my, like I've changed my mind from the last time we talked about it. I do, I would take Scoot here at number mm-hmm. two simply because, in, again, in my eyes, he's the best prospect here, and it's a situation where I feel like you have some pieces on your team that's good enough to, um, throw a guy in there and say, oh, he might not fit right off the bat, but f it, we're we're gonna make it work, you know. So, so, so I mean, so, you, you gotta. You- so, are you banking Miles Bridges coming back on the team? And I was literally just about to get to that. I I do think Miles Bridges comes back. This, comes back this season. Um, again, you have Lamelo Ball coming back from injury this season. PJ Washington is shown to be really good this season. We have to see if he mm-hmm. can maintain that with Miles Bridges coming back. There are some young guys to be excited about. James Booknight, we still have to see what's up. Mark Williams, Mark Williams. I'm really excited yeah. about. Yeah. Um, Nick Richards has actually been playing well. If you watch the uh. The year before, he was towards the really well. the season. He did he did pick it up. I don't know where he he's gonna fit in towards like towards the uh like when the season get ready to start because I think Charlie goes out and tries to find a, a, a more veteran big man. Is even uh, even if, if if he's to come off the bench behind Mark, I think they're fully invested in the Mark, which is which is the right thing to do. Um, I I think you have a lot of pieces there to put around Scoot and to kind of just uh like experiment. With Scoot and Lamelo, and say let's just see what works. I mean, you got guys around him that can kind of compensate. Like I said, Miles Bridges, uh, Mark Williams is going to be a great pick and roll guy either for Lamelo or Scoot on either side of the floor, whichever way you want to do it. Um, I I say you you just you just take him right here and you go with it, and you you worry about making that fit, or you worry about the play style huh. you kind of want to have between those two guards. Uh, All right. Well, when you put it, so your you're, Miles Bridges is by far better than what Brandon Miller will probably possibly will ever be. That's what you're gonna bank on. That that's that's gonna lead you to draft school. So that's no matter what, good way to put it. I didn't even think about it that way. Um, I see it more because, as a thing with the Hornets comfortability because they already know Miles Bridges is gonna go out there and give you 19 and seven, 19 and eight. Right. So because that's what I. Because this is this is one of those they're both really talented guys, mm-hmm. but this is about talented and being the mo- the best prospect available at school, and then you got talented but position wise he fits more of the team in terms of what the team needs. Because Miles right. Bridges is really kind of like an uncertainty. I mean they saying he's coming back, but who really knows with everything going on with him? Yeah. And so, also need be he can slide to the four and, and Brandon play the three. Like I, it, I get it. And Another thing is, too, Brandon Miller, and, you know, I hate to bring this up, but you got to fade this in. He's really trying to convince the Hornets because, you know, he's got some off-the-court stuff. I'm sure you guys are all aware about that. 
And you know the Hornets culture the past couple of years, they've been having guys that's been having some run-ins off the court. You know, you got Bogue Knight, you got Macho before he got released. You got a couple of players. So it's like the Hornets, to me, don't seem like they got the structure for a young guy, to be honest with you. Uh, and considering with his, with his off-the-court stuff, granted, talent-wise and everything like that, he's a great fit for the Hornets. Actually, he's a better fit to them because Melo and Scoot, two ball-dominant guards. Now, granted, it's not like they can't work it out, right? Maybe Melo will slide over to the two. He's 6'7", so he's got a position to be a two. Scoot will actually have to play the, uh, the one because he's 6'3". Uh, athleticism, they're both pretty athletic. Shooting-wise, the Melo's the better shooter. It's not like Scoot can't develop that. But man, but let me let me ask you this, Colin. Do you think long term, Brandon Miller, who's gonna who would be a number two pick, mind you, the same pick Lamelo Ball was? No, I'm sorry, he was Lamelo Ball was number three. It's in the same area, but still, number two pick. I'm and, so fifty. Uh, do you think he develops with it, like with his like with his skill set now? Do you think he develops into that second player Lamelo would need, like to form like a? See, and that's the thing. Like I would hope that. So I would hope that if I draft Miller, he's gotta be better than Bridges, like because you're drafting him that high. Bridges are drafted like what the 12th pick and 13th pick. Expectations mm-hmm. aren't nearly as high when you're the number two pick in the draft. So. You're banking that he's going to be better than what Miles would probably ever be. That's what you got to hope that he becomes. But then this is the thing with Miller for me. He did well the regular season, but when the lights really shined on him, the SEC tournament, he did bad. When it came to March Madness, he did bad. He shrunk on the biggest stage. And granted, people would say, oh, who cares, March Madness? But now nah, you got to factor in some of that because March Madness is like the playoffs, man. The the, the lights shine the brightest, and he shrunk under that. That's a little worries. It is. Yeah, you you got to be honest, right? So I don't want my number two pick. I'm watching him. I don't see that killer instinct to go. He struggles trying to create his own shot. He really struggled in the half court. It's not really a ball handler, right? He did struggle with his ball handling ability. Uh, man, you, you're really banking on him. He's going to be better than Miles Bridges, right? Because Miles Bridges, at one point, he was, he was legit signed up for a max. What? How much was it? The max? The max? Well, super he, max? He, he was in, that year, he was a contender for most improved player in a max yeah. contract. Yeah. Thank you. So, lie. See? So, now you're, you're, you're banking. He's going to be better than that. Because my British right. can still yeah. improve. He's still, he's not even 25, 26, I think. So, oh. in that term, you, you don't need Miller because you, you're banking on my Bridges. But then at the same time, my Bridges, you got Brandon Miller in. Miles Bridges, yes. you gotta if you're gonna acknowledge Brandon Miller's past, you gotta acknowledge Miles Bridges is too. Mm, that's fair too. That's fair too. That too. You, you got, you, who says he comes back and gets his act together straight? We just see John Morant. As far as the U.S. goes, face to the NBA, mm. just just do two stupid things back to back. We were throwing off guns on social media and he's looking at what I feel. I think it's gonna be like a 30-40 game suspension. So, like I said, if, if you're going to consider Brandon Miller's where he was kind of, don't quote me on this, but he was kind of, like, relieved of any, like, wrongdoing for the most part, mm. you got to look at Miles Bridges, who there was a lot of evidence pinned up against him, and he actually had to sit a whole season. That's fair. That's Whereas fair. Brandon, Miller didn't, Brandon Miller didn't have to miss a game. Okay. So, well, when you play like that, I'll I, I'm, 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 roll with school. But I, I'll, I'm a, I'll say this. 
I feel like if the if the Hornets do go Brandon Miller at number two, they're not maximizing their talent and they're not maximizing that number two pick. I just I just feel like they're not they're not swinging for the fences one and two. I, I think they're it'd, it'd be playing it safe to be honest with you guys. Uh, okay. Because I I personally I, I see I, I like I just see Brandon Miller being in that same caliber of player like like a Miles Bridges like. Yeah, you don't like, see like him better than Miles Bridges. He, he, he could be like slightly, but like but in the same slightly. caliber, maybe mm-hmm. just because he he'll he, be he like a he'll be similar to like a, a Cam Johnson type of guy. Like I I, I want to say Cam Johnson, but Cam Johnson. I, I say uh, like, be like Cam Johnson or, or, or Cam Johnson. You want Cam Johnson at number two? That's what I'm saying, bro. He doesn't show anything but look, but, crazy. But this how, this how I'm about to put it. But look what Cam Johnson was doing when he got traded to Brooklyn. He got the ball put in his hands more. He had to handle the ball more. His scoring went up. So he he looked better than what he did or what he was, or he was able to show more than what he was than he was in Phoenix because they had more of an established group. I'm thinking right. a guy like Brandon Brandon Miller on a, bad team, on, a, on a bad team is a second option. Kind of like Cam Johnson is, but on a on a very good team, is like is more of like a third option, kind of like a Harrison Barnes was. Uh, you got to slight so, this guy potential, man. So what's the NBA comparison you, for you, Kyrie and Lodge? Give me that NBA, NBA comparison. Danny for Granger, like, like, Danny 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 Danny. like Danny Granger. He's an all star. Like, ah, uh, uh, you know what? Like I can't. I can't push back against that because he struggles so much when the lights shine brightest. So I can't sh- push back too much against him. I can't. And and and, and I'll say this though, I was kind of upset to not see him in the combine, and I, and I believe it's because one, like the top players don't usually go to the combine, but he's also sick with uh, like mononucleosis or something like that. So he lost a lot of weight. But one thing I wanted to see like a little bit more, like in depth, like in combine, like in the combine and like drill situations and stuff like that is his handle so I can kind of get a gauge where whether I feel like his handle has the potential to become better and he's able to create like use that to create shots for himself off the dribble at a more efficient rate so I wasn't able to see I wanted to see how 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 well he is on defense like his lateral movement how well he is to uh, handle guys in one-on-one ball for like navigating screen stuff like that so there's certain things like other guys we're going to talk about later we're able to see and have more of an eye test and more of like a re- like a recency, like see things more recent. Whereas Brandon Miller, last time we see him was in March, and it's June okay. right now. So it's like I said, I, I was talking to Elijah about it like before. It, it, it's a confusing position, but where I'm gonna go into that from with that is, say the Hornets do pick Scoot at number two. What does that mean for the Blazers at number three? Ain't drafting man. I think they're content with drafting him or Scoot, to be honest with you. Uh, they're content with drafting Brandon Miller. Who? They got 74. The they got T's tie. Oh, no, they, dra- they drafting them in. Oh, you said but, men. No, the Rockets, the Rockets need a man. Because him and Jalen Green would be perfect for each other. That would be they a pack. They're thinking about what the Rockets need, bro. They're thinking about what they need. Trailblazers, I don't even, I don't think Trailblazers are really drafting. I really think they're gonna shop that pick, in my opinion. Because, listen to me, if they don't get a school Henderson, I don't think mm-hmm. they're gonna be satisfied with Brandon Miller, in my opinion. I mean, unless they, that's what I'm saying. 
Unless Dame gets the goal, was like, yo, draft, because remember, Dame, there was a report that Dame, they had him come to all the draft prospect workouts, the interviews and all that. So it really up to Dame. The Dame got to be the one to say give the goal to or not. Me, personally, I don't think Trailblazers are really drafting that. They're, they're, this is what they do. They'll draft and they'll trade it, depending on what team wants to get a selected player. That's what I'm seeing. Okay. So you, you think they trade down and just take a later pick, or you think they trade for, like, pieces? Like, what do you think they trade them for? I don't well, think they, they can trade that pick for anybody big enough. Yeah. Twenty love. Yeah. The only, the only, only, only solution you, you're, you're, you're getting, you're getting Dame as a premier center, and there's only one right now that may possibly, by the grace of God, be available, and that's Embiid, and that's the only thing that's happening. But just the third pick. Right. Like or so they, they're gonna have no choice but to draft, and that's why they need Scoop. But if they don't get Scoop, bro. That's gonna be, that's gonna hurt. We okay. No matter how, I think men's gonna be good, but no matter how good he is, I don't think it'll be beneficial enough getting scooped because he's literally he's literally Dame insurance. If that if it don't work out with Dame, you can let Dame go and him and Anthony Simons can take it over. Yeah. Bingo. Like bingo. Mm-hmm. You, you got Shady Sharp there too. You, you got you got some you got some young pieces there. You got Jeremy Grant there for for however long he feels like it. I thought Jeremy Grant was a was a was a free agent. You right, he is a free. You right, uh, he is a free agent. Yeah. So what? He, so he's not even guaranteed he's coming back because I'm sure he's trying yeah. to play the field and see what Portland got going on. Yeah, and that's why I was like last episode. I was really advocating for Portland just to tear it down. I honestly think Dame wants up out of there, but I just see him being happy with them picking Scoot and trying to like make him a little pro, like like be like make him like sort of a protege. That would be like, great for it some time down the line. It would be great for Scoop, but I'm thinking like in a sense of Dame, like he, he needs to be somewhere where he can contend. And Portland, whoever whoever they pick right here, like Lai said, whoever they pick right here is not going to help them contend, like off rip. So, I, and and that's why I kind of lead towards where like what, what you're saying, Colin, where I could definitely see them trading that pick off. We, we talked about it last episode with Chris, where they could probably. Uh, He's had to get like a Jalen Brown, maybe, or like trade it, like like trade it for like like a like a big time piece that can help if you want to keep Dame and Dame wants to stay, help him win now. So um, yeah, but I want to touch on Elijah's point too because I think pick I think the uh immense Hobson pick over Brandon Miller right here, saying if uh Scoot were to go number two, would be very interesting because. He, I think about it. He, he's still a point guard, technically. He's a, more, he's more so of a combo guard. But it, watching him at OTE, which I, I kind of want to touch more a little bit on uh, with you guys. Mm. Seeing at OTE, he had the ball in his hands a lot. He created a lot. He created in the pick and roll a lot. So I don't see why he would come to the NBA and have anything like that change because he, he showed to do that at, at, at a high rate. He put up seven, eight dimes a game. Um, mm. He showed great vision. Um, just right. great instincts and timing in that pick and roll and pick and pop situation. I mean, he 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 has point guard ability, so I don't see why the Blazers don't look at that and say, huh? I mean, why wouldn't a six seven point guard that's also a very good a very good defender and an insane athlete? Why wouldn't he work next to an Ant Simons who's a little short, about six five six six? Um, with a shade and sharp who's about six 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 seven, sometime down the line could play that three spot. Why why wouldn't that work? You know. 
Shaden is 6'7", 6'6", so he could slide mm-hmm. to But they got Matisse Thibel, Cam Reddish, and they got another four, of them, if I'm mistaken. I, I forgot his name. They got a lot of young guys that I just, yeah. I'm not that's sure. A, that's, a, that's a good nucleus right there, though. But like Lars said, they need a big man. Yusuf Nurk is not Yusuf Nurk. I'm not going to cut it. He's hurt all the time. All the time. So, yeah. Right. I mean, yeah, me I'll, personally, I think if they draft for me, that'd be a mistake. I don't like him on the Blazers at all. I mean, honestly, see the school or Miller. That's it for Blazers. No other person. Just, yeah, unless. Unless. Unless, you must not. You must not have seen him in, bro. You, I don't think you understand. I've seen him in. I like him on the Rockets. Him and Jalen. The Portland. Portland for bro, me. It's the same. It's the same. It's literally the same concept with the Blazers with him and Jalen Green and him and Anthony Simons. No, no, no. It's, it's the same thing. I like. What is the same thing? I like Jalen Green Anthony and. Simons isn't, uh, okay. I, I like. I, I. I think that that is so because. Really, the Portland Trailblazers, they really looking for Scoot or Brandon Miller. Or they bro, let... I guarantee or... you. See, I don't know where you're getting that from, bro. They have yet to talk about Brandon Miller in any of their news, bro. They're looking at that manner of Scoot, bro. <laughs> that's the smoke screen. You, you going that's up, you going up with you, like you see. They're deceiving. Listen, that's the smoke screen. Listen, don't bro, be surprised. Got, bro, let, let me ask y'all this, though. Let me ask y'all this. Right. <laughs> Hold on one second. Let me ask y'all this. Since we're talking to May and men right now. How respectable, how respectable do you think the overtime elite league is in the eyes of NBA GMs when we're talking about all, a man and all-star? And I think it's another kid, uh, Asidious Doko. No, he's from G League Ignite. I'm sorry. Um, Was it, Mo, was it Mojave? Uh, Mojave King? Was he, was he in OTE? It's somebody else in the draft that's from OTE. Rob, no, so no, I said Rob Dillingham. That's next year. That's next year. That's next, next year. year. Next year. Next year. I'm pretty sure it was somebody else, though. But anyway, a man all starter, main two guys. How respectable do you think the OTE uh, league is in the eyes of NBA GMs? And do you think that affects their draft stock at all, especially since we're talking about men possibly going number three right here? Well, this will be their test dummy run right here. There you go. They're literally the poster trials for it right here. So it's not. It's kind of hard to answer that. That's what. Literally, honestly, it clearly it means a lot if they got men and, and a sore going top ten. So, but like I said, after this season is over, this season coming up is over. That'll be the the, the kind of the test dummy run and see where they can gauge and see how a men and a star can develop into the league once they get there. But I I do feel like that'll be a case by case situation. I think it'll be a little bit more sporadic within the G League at night where they're kind of in NBA development around NBA talent, around NBA kind of structure when overtime league is kind of like a high I don't know how to explain it. It's like it's like a it's like a, it's like an all star it's like an all star like, like, hey, you want steroids to look like bro like, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. that's what it be looking like to me like, they look like hey you want like no there won't be no defense. So defense like, that, that's, that's one thing the, that worries me. Yeah. A G League, you at least saw the defense. Jalen Green actually struggled in the first couple of games with the G League. He struggled. And then he adjusted yeah. himself. And now you saw, like, oh, this kid's handling himself against grown men. And he's doing it effortless and, and efficiently. That's what made him go so high in the second. He could have been number one, depending on if the Pistons liked him more or not. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's, it's too hard to gauge that. Yeah, this is really like a test. Kind of like when Jalen Green went to the draft. The G League was kind of like, all right, this guy... 
Jalen Drew is kind of like the, you know, like the test dummy. And so far, mm-hmm. I say he's doing, he's doing pretty well. You got a couple of high school prospects that go in G League, but OTE, it's too hard to tell, man. No defense is being played in those games. Uh, a lot of these guys is like shot chucking. We got a guy that's actually got a, on a visit to Kentucky. He averaged like 27 points per game, but he's still a three star recruit. You know? Yeah. His name is Jordan Burks. So it's like, you know, it's kind of hard to gauge it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's respectable. Yeah. I totally agree with y'all. It's something that we're just going to have to see in full. And um, it's it's just like the G League Ignite, it's something we're going to have to see kind of evolve over the years. And we're going to have to see that talent pool thicken. Yeah, I feel like I feel like not a lot of people took the G League Ignite series like the first like the first year, and um, Jalen Green's been pretty good so far, and Jonathan Kaminga in his first has been his showing yeah. been very promising. So he deserves like I'm saying, like you can't knock it. And when it got when it comes to guys like Amen and All Star, who they just pass the eye test so much to me outside of their jumpers. Like, there's not much else on the floor that they can't really do. Like I said, very good defenders. Um, they're super athletic, and they use that on both ends of the floor. And they, they're just super versatile offensively. Like I said, minus their jump shot. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see what they do coming out of OTE. But um, I kind of want to move away from the heavy hitters right now. We're talking, uh, we've been talking about the top three heavy right now. Um. I kind of want to move into the later portion of the lottery, maybe even like the later portion of the first round, and hear some of your guys' uh, draft sleepers, and um, even even some uh, some some uh, some risers, some fallers, some guys you thought highly of that might be falling, um, some guys that not many people are looking at, you think are on the way up. Just give me your thoughts on some of these guys that are in the in the late lottery or even in in uh toward the late end of the first round that you think is shock some people come draft night. Man, oh, go ahead, Lodge. I actually, I was, go ahead. So, I'm going to start off with somebody kind of like projected to kind of go mid to late lottery, and that's Taylor Hendricks. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like he is honestly probably, he, I think he made himself, other than Vic, as far as like a utility type big man as a, like a rim runner, I think he might be the best rim runner in, in the draft available right now. And I right. feel like he also brings, better, like, future qualities as in, like, a spot-up shooter. His ability, I, I, his, his, the way, I, I've watched a few highlights before we hopped on. And his, his, his feel around the rim is just, like, effortless. It looks, one thing I was looking, hoping to see is, like, did he look raw in any, any, in any kind of areas that are, that are kind of important for a rim runner? And his mm-hmm. pick-and-roll game is perfect. His, his, his ability to get free and down the lane for lobs, putbacks, grabbing boards off, snatching boards off the rim. Mm-hmm. Getting back up quickly, not putting the ball back down on the floor, just going right back up. Just things like right. that he already had. And I can feel like him going to where he had him. Last thing I grabbed mock draft, I checked, he had him go to the Mavs. And I feel like that's literally a perfect pick for them, considering all the like the the iffy kind of mock rim runners and guys like Dwight Powell and like the pick and pop stretch four guys like Maxi Kleber. I feel mm-hmm. like he kind of just pushes them out of the way and kind of gives them a a nice piece to build on defensively and offensively. Absolutely. I, I had I had Taylor Hendricks actually going to the Mavs in our mock draft episode. Um, I, and I agree with you. I think he's the perfect pick there because, like you said, he, he's really maybe like the only true rim runner in this draft 
Um, other than Tracy Jackson Davis. Other than Trace, yeah, but Drake has a Trace has built a lot of qualities where you can't even really just call him a rim runner anymore. Right. But uh, with with Taylor, at the same time, I, I gotta I gotta give props to Taylor too because he's got a lot of things that most rim runners don't have. That's a three ball. Yo, it's picking. Ball. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's, it's it's official. That's one thing. If he gets that coming into the league, it's he's yeah. gonna be like another. He's gonna be like a smaller Miles Turner type of guy. Smaller Miles Turner. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because he's not yeah, as he's not as heavy. He doesn't hold his weight as well. He's a lot more nimble and like agile and faster. So, but as far as well, like Miles, 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 Miles Turner first came in, Miles had to put on some weight. Yeah, and he put on some weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Is that a Miles that a quick to see. Okay. I like that comparison a lot. But one I was thinking of simply just watching him from the defensive end, as far as a shot blocker and being able to he times stuff so well, and he just net like even on rebounds, he just times his jump so well. He has a quick second jump. Um, he reminds me of like like the like a young like the prospect version of Nerlens Noel, like coming out of Kentucky like before his injury. He was just super active okay. around the rim, bringing shot blocker. He could get down the court. He was very he was very like you said a lot, very agile, quick on his feet. So um, I really like the I really like the Miles Turner uh comparison, but I had to throw that one out there because that's the first person I thought of when I was watching him on a defensive end. Um, that that's a very nice prospect right there. Um, and speaking of the Mavs, that's a that's an interesting pick right there too, because they got number ten. Um, that was a team we expected a lot of this season, especially with Luka Doncic midway. They got Kyrie Irving. Um, Colin, tell me, what do you think the Mavs do with this pick as a team that's really supposed to be contending? And um, who do you think helps them out here the most, or do you think they even do you even think they keep it? Man, uh. The roster construction, I'm thinking, I mean, I'm sure you guys heard the reports. Kyrie's trying to bring Bron over here. So, Man, what is happening? That is yeah, highly unlikely. Long shot. Don't we don't know. The NBA is mysterious. They draft the next Bron But they don't need a point guard because Luca's a point guard. Or Luca's whatever you want him to be, honestly. Lucas, you got a young Jada Hardy on the come up who showed a lot of promise this season. So right, another another G League Ignite guy. But are they yeah. really showing Jada Hardy enough to look at? Let's say a la Anthony Black point guard, Jason Wallace point guard shows up. Are, are they still sticking to the guns? There's no point in drafting a Kason Wallace or Kason Wallace at number ten, bro. No, I'm, I'm sorry. There's no. Uh, like, I don't. I don't. See, I don't see the guard here. Who 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 are they looking to get? Well, you're paying it. A Ford or a big man, bro. A Ford and big mean, man. I think they'll be forced to pick a guard here. I'm not saying they, they be, won't, but I think they'll be forced to. But they if anything, you might grab Bill Alden. <laughs> I would love Bill Alden, and I'm glad you brought that up, Lost, because that's actually that's my biggest draft sleeper. Um. Yo, I, be completely honest with you guys, bro. I think he's a fringe top ten guy, and I, he's one of my biggest sleepers and risers because he was uh, he's ranked so low um, throughout the season in mock drafts. He was like in, in the late twenties. Just recently, he got up like towards like the like uh, late lottery, and um, like from fourteen through nineteen, I'll say he got up towards through that range. But I think he's a, I think he's an eight through. 8 through 12, 8 through 15 type of guy because even though his numbers don't really, like, wow you 
and being that he played overseas, I watched a lot of his games because he plays on the same team as Wemby. I watched a lot of the, the games this season, and I remember hearing that he started last season, but he ended up coming off the bench this season, and that kind of explains the dip in numbers when I first started getting it on to him. But when I watched him out on the floor in the minutes that he was out there with, and he in the time that he was he even started towards the late end of the season, he was a very very effective wing player as a defender, as a connector, like as a connector as far as a playmaker since being able to not even not just pass the ball to the right guy, but make the right pass to the for the next guy to set the next guy up. And he just showed a lot of good instincts out there at six eight with like a I think he had like a like a seven foot wingspan or something like that. He's still very frail, but he has a lot of good defensive instincts, very light on his feet. His He has a nice spot-up jumper that he can rely on, I think, when he comes uh, into the NBA. He's a, he has a lot of good tools that I think NBA teams are really going to be uh, going to be prying at um, towards, like, the like the tail end of the lottery. So, um, and Dallas could very well be one of those teams. But the team that I've been hearing, honestly, is uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder um, at mm. number 12. I've been hearing a lot of talk that they could value him right there. And me and Lies were um talking like before the uh before the episode that they might have to get rid of some guys soon because they, they do have a lot of young talent, but they're not gonna be able to hold on to everybody. And a guy like Bilal, um you pair him with a guy like Usman who who's uh maybe coming off the bench, he like, he didn't get a lot of playing time last year, who's also supposed to be a very good defender, another French guy, another project kind of sort. I think you keep adding on to that defensive depth, then OKC doesn't have the problem where they have now, where they can score with anybody in the league, especially with a guy like Shea, but they can't they can defend anything, especially you get a, a guy like Chet back, seven foot plus, can block shots. I think that's the right move for the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they're adding on to the, the you already got Lou Dort, that's one guy, but yeah. now you're, you're adding on defensive depth and guys that can guard, a guy like Bilal can guard one through four. Like easy, Usman Dang down the line can guard one through four. So adding guys like these, a guy like Bilal, who's a who's a Swiss Army knife to the core, and who already has, he has he has things that he can rely on, like from day one. Like I said, his his uh, his spot up jumper, his defense, being able to um, get out and, and make plays. I've seen a, a a ton of plays where he he's breaking up passes um in the passing lane. He's getting out in transition and making the right passes and stuff like that. So he he he's just a really heads up, really like just solid all around player. And I'm really excited to see what he, he does with his career. But I think he he does fall somewhere in this range. And um it, it's good for him because if you look at it, he's only averaging like six point he's only averaging like six points a game or something like that. Six points a game. It is always and there's always one guy like that in the draft where their numbers don't really like Jeremy Stohan last year. His numbers don't really don't really show nothing to you. But when you watch him play, when you watch him get out there and defend, you watch him get out there and does what he do what he does best. You understand why a team like the Spurs covered him, or a team like the Mavericks or the the, uh, the Thunder see, or the Rockets it covered him. It, it it all depends on where they land to. That's all. Mm-hmm. So it's, it really depends on which franchise gets a hold of them. You go to a great development team like the Spurs, OKC, all right, then you're in safe hands. So it really depends right. on where you play it to. It's really a gamble, though. Like you say, nothing wrong with what you're saying, but it's definitely a hell of a gamble because it depends on which franchise is grabbing them. Yeah. 
I just, I, I just had to put that because, like I said, he's personally one of my favorite players. I've been watching like during this uh, during this draft process. Like I said, I've been watching him uh, within the Wemby game for the tail of this season, the first game of the playoffs, and he he's impressed me a lot. He's impressed me a lot in, in little spurts, and even though his numbers don't show up a lot on the, on the scoreboard, he's he's a guy definitely to watch out for. But um, I want to get your opinions on another guy. We're going to take it to college now. And um, it's a guy whose name runs balance since high school. Um, Keontae George, who at Baylor, didn't have a great season. He showed a lot of inefficiencies. He wasn't super consistent, but he still showed some type. He still still showed some uh some scoring ability, some secondary playmaking skill. What just what's your thoughts overall on Keontae? Do you think he's still a a lottery a lottery pick right now, or do you think he he might have fell? Um, well, given well, that somewhat disappointing season for uh Baylor. Well, go ahead, Lash. Um, I still do feel like he's talented enough to be a lottery pick, but if I had to give it a definitive answer, I can see him definitely falling out outside of the um the lottery. Considering you you bringing up guys like Bilal, who's getting that 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 recency bias buzz, Keontae's buzz kind of died down once. You know, he hasn't really kind of he didn't give you what what you were expecting for this for this college season, so. I think a lot of what he may drop off is a lot of recency bias. People in the in the combine, people like Amari Bailey, um, mm-hmm. guards, I, I, people off the top of my um, like Jose Fino. right, like, right, right, uh, and, Nick, uh, uh, Nick Smith, and, and and I was gonna guys say like, this. Kirby. Oh, go ahead, Lash. No, guys, guys, just like that. I think have more like a kind of more of a, a stuck idea in the mind of, of other teams because Kante hasn't I haven't seen anything honestly from the, any of the combine highlights or any like anything special from him as since, since the uh, college season ended so, so I think things thing like I that kind of kind of hurt him as I far as the draft stop my bad line. the only thing you I seen for uh, uh, NBA was he he had a he had a workout it was just like a solo workout where he he did like he 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 like his frame like he kind of slimmed out a little bit, and um they put him through some shooting drills and stuff and he looked good like he he was knocking stuff down with with consistency, but it, it, I got to see it in games now like that's like that's the type like that's the thing I don't remember seeing much of him like during the combines or anything like uh like I don't know if he scrimmaged or anything like that, but um yeah he's he's a guy though that I think can he he could go like I said from like the like tail end of the lottery to possibly like in the middle of the first round like it depends on Nick Smith is still a lottery pick if you think Nick Smith is still a lottery pick that means you guys you gotta throw Keontae George in the lottery pick even though Nick Smith didn't his issue was he just didn't play as much at all if you didn't even give a fair judgment of him yeah and and that's the and that's the problem like when we get down to like this late lottery area like there's a lot of guards there that haven't really separated themselves from the pack, sort of thing. Not at all. Like the, the names we're bringing up, like uh, like you said, Hilchefino, um, who, who was pretty good at, at Indiana. Um, Derek Whitehead. Yeah, another guy. Whitehead, who, who can go anywhere from like 15 to like second round. Like you, like nobody knows. But it's it's a like this is a guard heavy draft, and I think that makes it a lot harder for guys to kind of stand out because. A lot of these guys are like, quite frankly, have like the same like type of skill set. Yep. Um, same like, size. Like, 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 so, like, 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 like,
it was it was kind of relief though. Like I was watching some tape the other night, and a guy like Kobe Bufkin, I was watching, kind of falls into that as a scorer. He he was a guard. But one thing that I saw that separated himself was his perimeter defense. I didn't really, I didn't know he was that good of a perimeter defender. And that's and, why um, just seeing how active, how active his hands are to perimeter, how easy he was able to pluck guys. Um, I think he has a chance to kind of make to separate himself too from from this guard pack that we're talking about. That um, that's in the, that's in this first round. What what do, what do you guys think about that? He's one of the risers for me. Him and Leonard Miller, two of the risers for me hey, this Roger. year. Yeah, oh, two like, of my – Leonard Miller. Leonard – I mean, listen, the G League, now, he's kind of – he didn't put up outstanding stats. He put up nice stats. But I think he's one of those guys, like he you said – He put up like a 20-point double-double, right? A 20 – what, a combine? Or are you talking about uh, uh, in the G League stats? It was like – It was like – He's not having like, he like 17 and 8, something like that. Yeah, 17 and 8. Nice numbers. Nice numbers. And like you said, around the age, I think he's around the 12 to, you know, between 12 to anywhere in the first round. But I really feel like he got the length, 6'9", 6'10". He definitely shows he got some athleticism in him. Uh, he's got he's got the work ethic. Because if you watch from the beginning of the G League, he gradually improved. So you can right. see the work ethic is there, and he desired to become a better player. So that's something you got to always love in a, in a young guy like that. He's 19, really young. I think he's just turned 19, or his birthday is right around the corner. I think November is around the time. He's still pretty young. I think with a guy like him, when he got all the physical tools, the athleticism is there, the shooting, he's got to work on it a little bit more, but the jump shot's not horrible. It's not broken. You can that's work with it. It's, it's really which team gets a guy like that. And I would want nothing more for OKC. OKC had the 12th pick in the draft? Yeah. And I, I, remember, you, I remember you saying that last uh, last draft episode, too. I, li- I really like that. I would love more than – OKC probably won't because they got a lot of four. But, man, if they – like you said, like they, I mean, Kyrie, they'd have to make some moves to get some of those guys out of there. I would love for them to be at OKC. And plus, Shy and him have a little bit of history together. So that, come on. Uh, Canada, right? Yeah. Canada, yeah. Yep. So let's make Lodge, it happen, what OKC. About, what you think about that Lodge, Leonard Miller, uh, Leonard Miller to OKC as well? You think that's a reach for them? You think that? You think that's a, it that's, could that's be definitely. That's a reach because I don't think his. Uh, I don't think anybody in that raid is really looking for Jim. I like him more in that. Miami range. I think Miami is in like the the mid high twenties. I feel like Miami would block them. Miami's awesome. I feel like too. they 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 need somebody with a. If you're, we're currently watching them in the finals right now, and they're I wouldn't say they're lacking size, but they need some size. Like it, mm-hmm. like they they kind of make up for it now, as we've seen in their defensive adjustments in game two. But as far as like a guy like Leonard Mitchell who has defensive potential and also like a longer score, a bigger score. On long side band, who also can stretch the floor potentially, run the floor, catch lobs, do things around the rim as well with Bam. I, I just feel like he's a he's a good energy piece to them coming off the bench, uh, especially if they kind of want to. Even whether they win or lose this finals, I feel like that'll be another piece to keep them in the in the in the race and keep them fresh and keep them kind of transcending forward instead of not staying stagnant. I feel like he's a nice piece for them. Um, I'm glad you brought up Leonard Miller because Miller, uh, Colin, he was one of my guys. I'm, I'm gonna probably give you guys one more name. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll all go. We'll all go around and uh, we'll give one more name. 
So, uh, Lodge, you started off, you go to Colin, then I'll, 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 I'll give one more name out. I will say this, I love, listen, I oh, always oh, 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 actually, <laughs> so I, I kind of lost my, I swear I have somebody else, but I'm going to give my man's, wait, oh, actually. Are you, you want to throw it out there? Because I think I know who you're talking about. Oh, yeah, which one? Lively. <laughs> whoa, whoa, I was going to tie him into bringing up a team, but now that you say okay. that, I, I, I'll, I'll, t- I'll do that for you, Reed. So, as far as so, as we've seen in the past playoffs, the Warriors kind of fell out in the second round against the the the, late, the Los Angeles Lakers. Um, it kind of, I would want to say it was a pretty much a disappointing season. I think they kind of wanted to be a conference finals, or if not a finals or bust. Um, and I feel like as far as the way they've been drafting as of recently, I feel like they they made they did made the right approach as far as Wiseman, Moody, Kaminga, guys like that. I just feel like. As far as the timing and when, which some of those guys, as far as projects, they didn't line up and where they were trying to go. Mm. Um, but I do feel like they need to do try again and grab another young guy at, at the center position, someone big, someone that, that is willing to play defense, grab boards, run the floor, and catch easy lobs, put back, things like that. And I feel like, like Kyrie just brought up Derek Lively out of, what was it, Duke or Kentucky? Duke Kyrie. University. Duke University. Duke. Duke. And, and Golden so, State got uh, number 19. So I feel like at that range, you're kind of out, out, you're out of the Taylor Hendricks run to me, in my opinion, unless you're trading up. And I feel like drafting Tracy Dyson Davis at that 19 spot is a little hot. I think you would just go out with the bigger guy and the guy you can kind of anchor your maybe bench defense and or even have him out there in Draymond in starting situations, depending on how he works. So um, I do feel like we also talked about re them dra- uh, drafting Ryan Rupert. Which I would also I like, like, Ryan, I like Ryan Rupert. I like I like that I like that option as well. Instead of Derek Lively, if they don't really trust that big man, another young big man as a project, and they would rather go to another a wing prospect that can defend. Um, yeah. Because right now they have a lot of wings, or not a lot of wings, but the majority of the premier wings are score guys that can't really kind of defend on the other side. Ryan Rupert is a he's going to come until he has a defensive specialist, a guy that can run the floor a little bit, maybe like eventually spot up three point. Yeah, right. So, I do feel like this year is going to be a very interesting year for the Warriors. I highly doubt they, they can't really trade anything. They're going to have to take a pick here, and I feel like this pick won't necessarily guarantee them another playoff run, but I feel like it'll be like a Christian Brown situation where you see him in game two when they're clawing out when Jokic is on the bench, and, and you see guys like Christian Brown just making himself involved in the game. Guys yeah. like that, I can see Ryan Rupert doing that in the playoffs for them or later in the season. Trying to get get their their seating right, so um, yeah, yeah. I think I think Derek Lively and Ryan Rupert should be their two options. Um, another random, maybe another shooter, even they don't need it. I can see them getting Jed Howard, but as what I've been hearing, he's been dropping considering his defensive uh, this lack of defensive potential. Of course, um, but which I feel like that can end up being worked on because he's not a small. This his frame. He's not really a small frame. He's guy. only he's like six, seven, two, two, six two. No, that is way taller than that. He's like six six, ain't he? Yeah, he's like six six. Six six. six, six. Negatory. Six six. Howard? I think he's six three. Yeah, Jet, I, I'm no, giving him Jet six Howard three. Like six, Jet Howard is like six 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 seven. Nigga, I'm looking at Brooklyn oh, right six, now. Six, really? I had him at six four. I could have sworn I saw six four at one point. Oh. Never mind. 
Maybe that's his other son. I'm looking at his high school ranking. Yeah, no. <laughs> nah, that's crazy. Actually, let me scratch that. I completely forgot about because that was actually the name I was going to bring up before you're talking about Derek Lively and the Warriors. And that was Chris Murray. Um, I feel yes. like wherever he goes, it, it's going to be up. So it's I have up. a couple teams for him. I like the Warriors. Um, one of the draft mock drafts I've seen, they had him somehow finding some way linking up with his brother Sacramento. I'm for it. Whatever. I'm I'm for it. I guess I'll take it. No, the, I, Kings I would, like the Kings wouldn't even need another one of that. They right. need him. The Mavericks to play together. Him, I would I would put in that third my third potential pick for the Warriors. I would put um, Chris Murray in that in that in that lineup. Out of him, Rupert or Derek Lively, I would actually lean more towards Rupert or uh, Chris Murray because again, I don't really see them trying to get another pro- a project center to kind of anchor their defense for the future. I right. feel like they're going to kind of end up having to find a way to get somebody in that like damn age or or somewhere in that class. They're going to have to try to find us some uh, big man sub 30 years old that can kind yeah. of run the floor, but that's becoming kind of kind of hard to do right now. So I'm scared. Yeah. And I like you ended it off on him on, on Derek Lively kind of lot. Cause I wanted to ask you guys a question about him before I swung it to Colin. Um, Derek Lively only put up like five points, five boards, I think two blocks per game. He shot very efficiently about 70% from the field in his one season at Duke. He had, like, a lot of DMPs and a lot of times um, where he didn't play. And it was being – it was on – a lot of times it was on him. Like, he got in foul trouble a lot. Um, picked up a lot of – he uh, committed a lot of stupid turnovers. Um, I want to ask you guys, how do you think – their lively draft stock from the beginning of the college basketball season to now has went from top – like top five to undrafted, nobody even thinking he would enter the draft, to sneak it into the second round somewhere to being a, a first-round pick, uh, possibly. Uh, so what what do you think Derek Lively has done or shown in his last couple college games, one or in these workouts, or in, in, in the, I don't think he was in the combine, but what do you think teams seeing him, or even from so, his high school tape and team and, and tape with team final and stuff like that, what do you think so, uh, guys seeing him? So, Rhea, I think I brought this up to you, like, maybe a month or two ago. And if you look at it, if you go in the mock drafts or just looking at who all entered in the draft, there's not really one true center in the, in the draft right now. Yeah. Yep. He's literally, like, the lone standing one. Taylor Hendricks, Jarris Walker, Tracy Dyson Davis are all 6'10 and under rim runner guys that can play the four or five, depending and on Wemby. where they are. Yeah. And then Wemby. But Wemby is kind of like the special outlier case to where he kind of yeah. – whatever. Can't. Right, so he's literally, if you look at it, as far as, like, what kind of, like, premier centers are in the league now, they're about 6'11", 7 to, like, 7'2". There's literally only Derek Lively in, in, in the first round and almost pretty much in the second round to where you can kind of find a, a actual, like, formidable, not even formidable, but, like, I guess, a, 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 like, I'm, as an eye test, you have, like, the center you would, you would kind of would want. There's literally only one, and that's Derek Lively, and it kind of – I guess boosts his draft stock, but also kind of gives him kind of a lot of pressure because he has to really like um in he all honesty, he, he have to make a way. He's gonna have to figure out right. something out. In all honesty, I think he should have came back another year. But Duke was just simply over. Yeah, that's the one of the things about these programs, man. They're gonna over recruit. 
They got to overthrow. Right. So it's like, he really saw like there was no playing time if he came back. And plus, the group they got coming in, not going to lie to you, it's better than Terry Lively. So he he probably had to been delegated to the bench. So he really, it was really just a, I got to go to this draft. Uh, I guess it's a blessing in disguise for him. Like like Locke said, he's really the only true center. And he did improve throughout, because the first two months, three months, he was awful. Like, he was really, it was like, damn, this guy a bust? You know, it's kind of give you, like, Scal from um, Kentucky. He was the number two crew. Man, he was awful, man. I don't know what yeah. went wrong, man. Yeah, man. He was the number two recruit. Remember, Ben Simmons was one. He was number two, and he was awful. I, he was. They was comparing him to Scal. It was like, we seen another Scal, but Scal still got drafted the first round, right? So, hey, uh, if he could get drafted in the first round, Derek Lively could get drafted in the first round. I believe it. Uh, but, yeah, he was only two. Yeah, he he's the only true center, like Lodge says. So I guess that works in the favor a lot. Honestly speaking, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is really his best shot. I mean, he got no other choice. He couldn't go back to Duke, so it really was one of those gotta go to uh, to the draft. And he played his butt off. You know, he's he, he definitely worked hard to move himself up those rankings because he improved throughout the season, and then he took advantage of the opportunities. Like I said, those work those private workouts with them teams. Josh Hart explained it. I said it a couple of times. Donovan Mitchell, too. He shot out from being a late first rounder to second round to literally going to the lottery just because of the yep. workout. Josh Hart proved himself in the workout. A lot of guys tell you in the workout. So let's see what those workouts do for Derek Lively. You know, uh, he's definitely a fixture to be either a late first rounder, uh, mid first rounder, or I wouldn't be surprised if he drops to the second round. Where the second round? It just depends at that point. Okay. That's fair enough. I can definitely, I, I can definitely see all three of those situations happening too. Given he left a lot on the table to be to to uh to be seen at Duke, but I'm at the same time he's one of the only true big men in this entire draft. So he kind of works in the same. Yeah, the GM, the GMs are kind of kind of flip flopping. So I definitely see him making his way in, into this draft. So I think that's good. Um, Colin, give me some uh, one more or a couple more of your your risers and fallers. And um, where do you think you where do you see them fitting in at? Where do you think the, the fallers would uh, need to go? Where do you think the Rodgers maximize their talent at? Uh, I am surprised about the kid from UCLA, Amari Bailey. I didn't think he was a good playmaker. I thought he was an oh, awful playmaker, he's and he definitely dude. surprised me. But then you gotta think about it. He has to show he's a playmaker. He's an undersized. He's not as he, listen. He's what six three, six two as a guard. Uh, like, he's not. Like six four. Four. I think he's like 6'4". 6'4". 6'4". Yeah. 6'4". Oh, well, that's, well, that's actually a, a, a good height for a guard. But he, honestly but speaking. The, not, not the country wall, Colin. He, he falls into that category we were just talking about. The, the exactly. 6'4". Another thing is the defensive end, too. Now he plays mm-hmm. defense. That's some Nick Nick Smith and Keontae George. Keontae George actually played defense sometimes, but he was never consistent with it. Amari, Amari Bailey showed he could play defense, and he had the athleticism too. I've seen it in right. a couple of Mark's Madness games. So he's definitely stepped up defensively. When you told him to guard his man, he was on his man. And then the playmaking ability he showed during the combine. He did well at the combine. Another riser too. I forgot to throw him in there. He definitely did. He at the combine. He wasn't at the combine? Oh, man, if he's not there, he must got a twin. No, no, he killed it. I think he did the – out of all the freshmen, 
he probably did the best for himself in, in that combine. Because a lot of people really didn't. They was like, listen, you got to go back another year. Which me personally, I was one of the people that said, you know, he should come back another year. But he did well inside the measurements. He did well in the combine. Now it all comes down to the private workouts. And I think he could definitely fix himself into that first round too. I mean, like I said, he had something that both. Huh, what? I'm glad you said that because I was literally just about to ask you guys. So I'm, I know how live feels for the most part, but I'm not crazy for think he he a first round talent, right? Who? Nah, he is. No, 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 no. He showed here he can play me. That's what a lot of because a lot of people still even after the the combine was shot, but a lot of people still have him in that second round, like like late second round. Well, let's see what those I, don't under, do. I, I, I really don't understand it, and, and not to uh, not to take it away from you, Colin, but of just course. on Amari, like he, like you said, he 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 showed to be so much more than a score, which a lot of so, us probably thought he was coming out of Sierra Canyon, just a smooth score, a solid athlete that could get to the rim. That's all we a lot of people thought he was, but like you said, he showed off that playmaking ability. He showed off a lot of maturity playing off of the older UCLA team, not really getting a lot of minutes at first, but yeah. finding his way to, to, to make his way with Tiger uh, with Tiger Campbell and those guys. Stepped um, up when it was time to step up. Mm-hmm. Hit big-time clutch shots, shot efficiently. He could shoot three-pointer. Um, sure he, he's a solid defender, that, well, a better mm-hmm. defender that he gets a lot of credit for. There's just and a lot of the in-between things that he, he's got to work on. Like I, I want to see his handle get a little bit tighter and more consistent. I want to see him make better reads out of the pick and roll and stuff like that. But um, and I told lies this, and a lot of people might think I'm crazy. But um, I honestly see a lot of Jamal Murray when I see a Mar- when I see Amari Bailey play, like the, the things, he, like the way he brings his his the playmaking, the not the not super athletic, but the sneaky athleticism. Like he's not super explosive, but he can bring it out when need be. We seen Jamal do it last night on that breakaway dunk, like. The, the jump shot, like he has a lot of those, like the ball handle. Like I said, it's got to get a little bit better, but it's there. He's got a lot of the same traits as Jamal Murray. But Jamal Murray. He has. This is what I see when I. He has a lot of the same traits, and he's got a lot of the same tendencies as him. Um. Yeah, like I said, I, I wholeheartedly think he's a he's a first round pick. As far as team, though, that's been the problem I'd have. Seeing the Jazz a lot. The Jazz Jazz could use them. I mean, but the Jazz are, they're like a fringe playoff team. They're like a fringe. They're a fringe. Hey, they was in the hunt for the playoffs. They was in the hunt in the playoffs. They'll probably be playing. They'll probably be playing. I said, hell no. Listen. What about a team like Boston at like 35? Boston got so many points. Don't they got? They got Derrick White. They got Peyton Pritchard. They got uh, Marcus Smart. A lot of them are older though. You think they got to get out of there at some point? Oh uh, yeah. But they get rid of Malcolm Brogdon. They go down. It's over. Uh, <laughs> bro, they better but not they get rid But they don't. They don't. I mean, these teams like they keep a, like a few, a, like a few young guys on their on their roster, like because. Like Lodge mentioned, Christian Braun in the last night situation, I mean, he showed a step up when, when his name was called. So, I don't know. It, it, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be weird for a guy like Amari, because like I said, he's in that same archetype a lot of these, like, guards in his, in his uh but he, showed, but he showed more than, well, that's the problem. Well, 
talent wise, how does he stack against Keontae and Nick Smith, Smith talent wise? Bro, when he I was in high school, I, he was I, like I the best he, player he, in his yeah. class. I think he better he was, Martin, no, Martin was a top. Well, he was what bro, in his class. When he was in high school, bro. He was like like top five, wasn't he? Amari Bailey? Yes, wasn't yeah, he like he, top he, five he, in his class? I can't remember. I think he was top ten. I don't think yeah. he was top five. I think he was Keontae was rated. Keontae was definitely rated higher. Yeah, Keontae was yeah, a, I think they number the number one. Age well. I think Amari was hated rated higher when he was younger. Some of the was ranked. They never age well. They never age well. They really no. don't. I don't put too much stock on me. That was proof in the pudding right there. I think I think at one point Jalen Hands they had him rated as a higher point guard than Trey Young and Colin Sexton. Now look how that turned out. Yeah, that was your god lodge. Colin Sexton can work every time. Every time. Every time. But um, but, but um, Colin, give me, give me one more guy, bro. Give me one more sleeper or uh, yeah, rise or fall or whatever. Man, one more sleeper. I'm trying to think. I gotta say, the kid Julian Shaw had some Gonzaga. He's actually been slipping in the draft, and I don't I know like why. The, I, I always like brother. He got defense. Shot makers there. He, he's not afraid of the big moment. Maybe his passing is definitely weak, but outside of those, the defense and offensive ability, he's six 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 seven. Uh, he's been sliding in the draft, and I can't really find yeah. out why. Or maybe it's because there's a lot of prospects that just been, you know. I think I said maybe those private workouts could definitely change a lot. But I think he's another. Me personally, he's definitely shown that he look. Cause what what? So out of all those point guards, what can he do that Nick Smith, Keontae, or Martin Bailey can't do? Martin Bailey's not the passing, but beside that, what can he not do that those guys can do? And then maybe if you want to add the age factor, because how old is Julian Strahart? Maybe he's like what, 21, 22? Maybe the age. Maybe think, you want to against him, but yeah. outside of the age against him, what does he lack that he's, those? He's twenty one. He's twenty one right now. Oh, he's still young. Yeah, still a young guy. So I don't. But he's been slipping. Maybe it's because, like you said, it's a lot of guards in this draft. But if you ask me, he's got the size. Sneaky athletic. His jump shot's clean. Not yeah, afraid. Nice jump, shot. jump shot's clean, man. Uh, but he's been slipping. I think he's one of the, he's one of the sleepers to me. If you ask me, don't be surprised he gets drafted in the first round. They got him going in the second round. I think he can sneak his way into the first round. He's got to have a really good couple of workouts, depending on between twenty to thirty between those picks, twenty five to thirty. Okay. You want to keep it like that? For sure. Sure. That Jamal comparison still stick on me. I just I, that Jamal, I, I don't know, man. You got to find a different comparison for Mari Bailey. It, I'm it, trying to think for you, but I can't. I can't think of it right what? now. I gotta, what? I mean, he do everything Jamal Murray do, bro. Uh, I don't know, man. It's just, it, was, I mean, know. it was just at a month. You thinking too much? I'm not saying he's as good as him whatsoever. I'm uh, just saying he has a lot of the same traits. Uh, he's the better. Really the same. Jamal was the better scorer at that stage coming out of college. The better defender out that stage was coming out of college. Really, he was not no better defender. You got to look at the situation he was going into. He went. Kentucky brings another more freshman every year. Amari was the only freshman, like one of the only freshman getting like two burns. Oh, still put up fourteen again. You gotta right. remember, Devin Booker, Devin Booker is putting up 13, 14 a game points, uh, points per game for y'all coming off the bench. The whole lottery pick. Look at him now. 
I'll concede to the Jamar. I just can't think of the top of my head, but I'll concede to that. Yeah. I will concede to so, that. I just had I had one more person I wanted to touch on before I uh, smoke the Colin and he wrapped this show up. This has been a great show, guys. Thanks to you, Colin, for letting me uh, for letting me host this, John. Oh, I, I can't wait till we come back next week with our mock draft, bro. I want to see what y'all got. But uh, one per- the last person I want to talk about, and, and, and he's a podcast favorite as far as we go, Monty Bates, man. Um, oh, wait a minute. We forgot about him. Hold on. That kid's tough. He's tough. Lottery talent. Don't have me. He's tough. All right, let me stop. Talent, don't have me. Oh, lottery talent. Just, oh, man. He's a bucket, man. And so I telling don't I mean. He was giving words. Whatsoever, but let, we gotta be honest with ourselves. There's a reason. He's not gonna go first. He's not gonna go first round. He won't go first round. You know why? Political reasons, off the court reasons why. But I don't even really think it's that anymore. I don't even really think. No, it's it that is. Bro. I don't think it's that either. No, because no, he got. Not, uh, you you you, you can't say that. You can't because you got to you gotta understand. In this draft, one of the highest requirements when they was looking into these guys, of course they do background checks with these prospects, obviously, because they're investing in them. But now that was like priority number, like like they're interviewing associates of associates now. Right. All because right. of, you know, John Morant and all the stuff that he's doing. Because no one thought John Morant would be out here, you know, turning, you know, doing what he's doing. So plus, and plus the potential top three pick in the draft. Yeah, top three pick in the draft doing that. So so that's why I said no. Yes, it is political and off the court because now they're really factoring who you associate with, who you are as an individual. They're interviewing associates of associates now. Like they're not playing around because they can't take. Look at what John Moran's doing to the Grizzlies next right, year. Right. They listen. They might look for some point guards for this draft. What picks do the Grizzlies got? Because y'all going to be out for about 30 minutes. Grizzlies got 45, which would be a perfect spot for him. Um, I was personally, I, I was personally thinking uh, the Brooklyn. I really like the Brooklyn Nets possibly with one of their late picks. I think that's a squad he can go to. And um, get in, in, in have, have some opportunity early since they're a younger team. They don't have like their their benches doesn't really run that deep. I think he could go out there and get some and get, get eighteen minutes a game, something like that in Brooklyn. I, for a guy like Amani with all the talent and skills in the world, the the worst thing I would want for him is to go to a franchise where they, the the player development is just not what they're known for. You need to have him in a nice. You can't, you can't really say that right now because this this is Jock this is Jock one for season. That's true. Look at Cam Thomas last year. Cam Thomas just doesn't play defense. If he played defense, he would he he's a bucket though. He'll give you any bucket, whatever you. But man, that man to let someone else get the same amount of buckets. That's the issue. And I was that's what I was kind of getting to. We got to say the same thing about Imani though. Oh, yeah. No, he was just letting it fly. He's, he, he, 
jump shots. Cookies. Just like his, his like just the, the bottom girls they was doing, the shooting girls they was doing, so like just the endurance that he was showing, just it, just form was never changing. Legs never dying out. And they remember he jumps a little. It's like when he jumps for his jump shot, he he really it's like it's almost it's semi it's semi unguardable, semi unguardable, because he really mm-hmm. gets high for his release. And right, it's just right. oh man, it's just a pretty jump shot. Yeah, but I think but, that I think that is interesting, Colin, that you brought up the politics aspect of it. I was thinking, like I mentioned, it's possible. He might just go undrafted. To be honest with you, no, he's I won't go undrafted. I don't think he's going undrafted anymore. Listen, but look, but but not going undrafted. But don't be surprised. I hope he doesn't. I think he deserves to get drafted. He's definitely, lottery, he's definitely lottery level, at least first round level talent. He won't mm-hmm. get drafted in the first round, though. We know that. Right. But right. the team is really so serious about this game. I don't game. know. I don't know yet. Because <laughs> that's what I'm saying. If they go in the interviews. But this he, is why I couldn't be a GM, bro. You don't get it. I'm grabbing him. I'm grabbing him at 3 4. I'm grabbing him at 3 4. Oh, wait a minute, bro, buddy. Once we pass, once we. Bro, Brandon Miller is not better than Imani, bro. Don't at me. I swear to God, he's not. Huh? Colin, right now, you look at me telling me right now, Brandon Miller better than Imani. And what does Imani do better than Brandon Miller? All right, yeah, Colin. Yeah, see, not right now. See, I'm not about to. Hey, yourself. Go ahead. The life is huge. Colin, you want to elaborate for something right here? Bro, Brandon Miller really not him like that, bro. I'm telling you. Oh, oh now he's not him. That's yeah, I mean, what he's not. You put, 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 you put Monty. Yo, I've seen Monty score like 24 straight and win a game for Eastern Michigan. Put him on a down Alabama, bro. I guarantee you they would have been way, way farther than Chip. Uh, what is it That's debatable. That's debatable. But yeah, I see. They way better ball handler. Way better all around. They both <laughs> made a Miller better defender than Monty Bates. Come on, oh, Nate. Oh, my God. He's not. 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 But listen to me. I, listen, I'm not the biggest Colin, great. He's just better be Paul George, bro. He's just better be Paul George. Right better be Paul George. That's all I'm going to say. They both got off the court issues. So I don't know at this point. They, they're too similar, two pieces of pie to a certain extent. No, they're completely different. That man got caught driving with a gun. He. <laughs> Stop, bro. <laughs> he got caught driving with a gun, bro. Literally did a delivery job to a murder, bro. What are you talking about? Lodge, Lodge, all right. It's completely two different two different jobs, bro. Come on. Yo, you trying to like, come on, like I said, he just better be Paul George. <laughs> he's talking about he a shooter off the field too. All right, we gonna let it listen. All right, Tyree, you want to add anything else? And this guy goes no, goes off. I just, I just, I just, I just wanted to end that topic off with saying I think Imani Bates is like, like y'all said, a first round talent. I think I, Colin, you, you actually kind of switched my mind a little bit. I think politics does play a, a part in him it certainly will. being second round pick, but they are. There, there are, I mean, not being a first round pick, I'm sorry, but there are deficiencies in his game that he has to, uh, that he has to work on. He said number three. 
I would love to take him the first round. Like, I ain't taking him top three. Like that's like that's, that's, the such, point. A that's, that's such a risk. That's such a risk, like, bro. Bro, it wouldn't have been a risk if this all worked out. All right, no, I don't want to go to Memphis. He no, please. I'm talking about I'm talking about college. I'm talking about college. Oh, first year, first year. oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. No more year in Memphis. Yeah, bro. If he would have averaged twenty in Memphis, bro, we wouldn't be having this conversation yeah, right now. You see, you know what? You know what? And, and we gotta keep in mind, like we mentioned with DJ, that was a whole nother politics situation too. But that was off the field stuff he ended up getting into, and that's what I'm told. They're oh, gonna no, think- bro, they, that had nothing to do with him off the field. The whole him not starting on Memphis no more was because the whole team they, they wanted they wanted all the vets to start. They, they made him come off the bench. You remember when the season first started, he started. And they was making him play point guard. Right. So hey. they did. Okay, I had to think back in Memphis a little bit. Well, yeah, I but, forgot but that I, he actually I, played for Memphis for a little bit. It's been so long. Yeah, he did play for Memphis. Make this for guys, that, that he's, he's really supposed to be a college freshman right now. Yeah. Last year he was a college, he was a high school senior technically when he was playing at Memphis. He, you got to remember he was class a year. So. Better than Brandon Miller. Lies. Ain't Brandon Wilbur in a freshman or sophomore? You a freshman? Brandon, they both freshmen. No, no, no. See, he's a year older than Imani. He's a year older than Imani. Uh, Imani's younger than Brandon Miller. Yeah, Brandon. Brandon's twenty. He'd be twenty. He'd be twenty-one. Uh, for the other year. Brandon's twenty. Right. Exactly. Like I said, he's not better than Imani. Brandon Miller, I got. Oh, he's twenty years old. That's old. D. What? So he's got to graduate later. Some or they just be held back a year. What? What? What's up with these guys graduating? That, that, a lot of people do that. They they they, they stay in school and they do a fifth year. I don't know what Brand, I don't know what Brandon did. Oh, I'm shaking his head. Money, money, money don't do none of them games. He skipped a year. Went straight to college. Uh, listen, yeah, listen, listen, Amani will get drafted. If he doesn't, we all know the reason why he that he didn't get drafted. But I think he'll get drafted. First round. I hope he gets drafted in the first round. If he kills it in those interviews and, and he really shows the maturity and he shows like, yo, that was in the past. That was the younger me. You know, I was I was hanging around the wrong type of crowd, you know. Then you know maybe a team will just take. Cause remember, some teams do take chances on guys with you know with a questionable, checkable background. They just got to show it in those interviews. That's what's really going to be the biggest thing for him is those interviews. Same as Brandon Miller, he wants to convince the Hornets to draft him number two. They're a little skeptical because they already had their own issue with some players on their team already. Oh, my, you know what? Like, oh. <laughs> uh, uh. Yo, yo, <laughs> bro. That concludes episode 113 of the Restricted Zone podcast. Can't thank Lodge and Kyrie enough. Lodge for the complete banters, man. This guy's killing it, man, with the great analysis, too. (laughs) This guy, Kyrie, thanks a lot for hosting it, man. I love doing these episodes. Hopefully the fans enjoy this episode as much as we enjoyed recording this. Definitely don't forget to leave a like and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We upload every week. Uh, just subscribe and you'll you know be up to date with us. You can check us out on all streaming platforms. I'm talking about Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music, you name it. We're on there. And the best part about it, you're free. Don't got to pay. All we ask you is just download the, download the episode, stream it, 
and just support it and share it with your other group of fans that also uh, that love sports. So with that being said, enjoy it. Hopefully you guys enjoy this episode. Enjoy the rest of your week. And we will be back for another episode. So stay tuned for that. And the only way to do that is turn on the subscribe.